Hello fellow Marxists, welcome back to another episode of the Marxism Podcast. I am your host, Mark Jarrett, and today I'm joined by my friend, Sam Elliott. And Sam approached me about an episode he was interested in doing about uh, the rise of disillusioned young men. And uh, I thought it was an interesting topic. And he he brought it up right after the attack that recently happened in Toronto, where a person took to a van and ran over and killed 10 people and injured 16 others, I believe. And uh, I guess I thought it was good timing and there's been more of a rise of it, a uh, rise of this sort of thing in the media. So first of all, Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right. So why does there seem to be more men who feel isolated and inadequate in society that seem to lash out in violent ways? Well, I think you're, the, the, the backlash that you're seeing now is sort of, it's the first time ever that sort of men's status as the like top of uh, society is really being challenged and being changed. And I, I think there is a lot of backlash to that because in combination you have a, a world that's sort of rapidly changing and people are falling behind. And so people are thinking that they're unfairly falling behind and basically feeling very isolated, like a lot of society. And just all these factors are really culminating in men. I think um, even they're even showing that men's uh, life expectancy or specifically white male life expectancy in the States actually dropped in the past two years. And so you are seeing a, a sort of a decrease in the quality of life of, for a lot of men and combined with the isolation that society is experiencing right now, sort of intersects and you have these disillusioned young men looking to lash out. Right. Uh, and of course, if the equality gap is narrowing, which is a good thing. Totally. And that's that's another thing I was actually going to mention. It would have been kind of interesting to have a woman on this episode as well to see her perspective. But yeah, I'm, I'm stuck with you, man. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, back to the point, which was so as the equality gap is is narrowing, which as of course is a good thing. How are we going to prevent these continuing attacks from from happening, you think? Well, I think it's that's only it's one piece of the puzzle, and so I think if there was this equality gap was decreasing, and as one as like one group sort of sees that rise, there will be somewhat of a drop, uh, just the way that works. But the problem is that we combine it with the isolation that's sort of affecting all of society. So they talk. I think in England they declare that the biggest health emergency right now is social isolation, hmm. um, and so you combine it, so you have now these men that. Um, unlike basically every other um, demographic, you're seeing the, the, the decrease in status effectively combined with this isolation. And so I don't think you can't really address this uh, decrease in status without trying to harm the growth of equality, which is a bad thing. So instead, you need to attack the other angle, I think, which is the isolation. Right. And how do you think you tackle the isolation? More bromances, perhaps? Pretty much. Um a lot of the research actually shows that uh, for guys, like bromances are like hugely therapeutic, extremely important to people, and yet we're seeing a decrease in these bromances. Um, you're seeing sort of a decrease in uh, fraternal organizations. I don't think anyone our age is about to join the Knights of Columbus or the Rotary Club, <laughs> but uh, these used to be like these guys' organizations that weren't about just maintaining status or weren't like about taking over the world or something, but they were organizations trying to do a good thing but it was bringing guys together in a way and i think um 
guys, as we're conditioned or if it's biological, I don't know enough of the difference, is that we're terrible at sort of reaching out to other guys for help or just like we don't want to admit that we're lonely or any of that sort of stuff. And so these organizations, these like fraternal guys only organizations, um, sort of could bring guys together and they could be like, oh, I'm doing it for the cause. But really, when you like think about when you talk to our parents about the like members or ships or clubs that they're a part of, they really talk about getting together with the guys, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the situation could be any type of could be like a, a golf club. It could be just beers with the at the union hall. It could be going to the legion, but it doesn't really matter the setting. They were there for the other guys. And I think um, that's sort of how they were able to fend off a lot of these issues. And so we're really seeing a decrease in that. Like you don't see that with young people our age. And so then you basically, the only way to turn to find this like fraternity and all that stuff is through the internet. And that's where it gets a bit wonky. Yeah. And I guess that's uh, after that Toronto van attack, the first thing we kind of were, uh, well, a lot of people were introduced to the term incel. There's a bunch of guys who have taken to that, who have frustrations, not being able to get girlfriends or, or girls. And uh, so they turn to the internet, which can, become an echo chamber to verify what they had previously previously thought totally yeah yeah they and the whole thing is that they find for the first time when they're they're isolated and all that stuff is that so their their life's not going so great um in this case it, it can be whatever flavor like they feel like their jobs are being taken by people of like women or people of color and so then right. they could turn to more of the alt right like you're sort of your yeah, just like the more racist aspects and the incels, they can feel like their job or their life's not going great because of the lack of uh, romance and sex. And so they'll turn to this aspect. It's all it's all depending on the exact angle. But when they get there is they find this group that's sort of highly sympathetic and it's a bunch of other guys. And so the first time it's it's almost in a weird way when they first get there, it's almost therapeutic because they finally go, hey, there's somebody else here like me. And hey, it's this group of guys that like understands me. And so that's when they sort of get into the into the sphere. And then from there, it sort of becomes this safe, it basically becomes a safe space for them. Okay. Do you think there's going to be more men's groups that are going to arise of this? Or do you think it's, they're already there? I think they're, well, a lot of them are already there and you'll just see more people join them because nothing is actually really, I think, being addressed to fix this. Like when you look at um, a lot of the actions, it's sort of, it's the trying to prevent the symptoms. So they're trying to uh, break down these groups, uh, infiltrate the groups and sort of all that, which is all great. But at the same time, people are still going to be reaching out and it's sort of as we've seen with, um, like, for example, um, jihadists and all that sort of stuff, is that you b- try and break down one group. There will always be another group somewhere else. Maybe right. it will pop up three years, four years, five years' time. You're not actually addressing what's truly causing the issues. And so I think that's until we actually do that, try and solve that, we'll just continue to see this rise in male angst. Right. (laughs) Do you think uh, women play a role or can play a role in helping this situation of isolated men? Maybe a bit of she for he action at all? Or I I think sort of yes, but I I think there's there as we've seen sort of. um, I think this is an issue that guys mainly need to solve. Um, A lot of these people that are in these the so-called manosphere and all these men's groups online. 
they've sort of developed this victim status and that women are the people putting them in that victim status. So right. it's very tough, I think, for uh, to try and have women solve this because they're going to feel like they're under attack and they're going to be like doubled down on their beliefs if they start having so uh, women sort of outreach because it's sort of they're the other right yeah and so the other is seen as the enemy in a lot of these groups and so i i don't think that's where the solution will come from okay and i think women have enough issues on their own um we still don't see women highly represented in uh the top levels of leaderships in most organizations yeah and so on and so forth that it's sort of i i don't think we can look to them for the solution okay do you think a character like Jordan Peterson is beneficial in these sorts of, uh, by helping the uh, men who feel isolated or inadequate in society? Or do you, do you think there needs to be more Jordan Petersons? I think it's, uh, uh, yeah, I, the more Jordan Petersons, I think you need a range of Jordan Petersons. So right. I think uh, Jordan Peterson, he does, you can really, um, you can sort of, a contact and get really uh he's sort of built this cult following of yeah. these like extreme cult following of these men that really idealize him and the problem is that they're sort of idealizing a just a right reg- he's a regular person he speaks to these people and it actually addresses their concerns which is for a lot of these people the first time that they're sort of seeing these concerns really get touched upon but he comes with his own flaws and his own baggage and so the the way that he talks to men around the self-help aspect can actually i think be very beneficial what a lot of his uh beliefs are really about working hard on yourself and all that but at the same time he comes with these the whole like he very much is strongly against postmodernism and all this sort of stuff and i feel like you do need some balance to that to realize that this postmodernism isn't the single singular boogeyman that's causing men to have these issues and so as long as there's only one Jordan Peterson, it seems like the other is this Marxist postmodernism, as Jordan Peterson likes to call it. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily the 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 sole enemy of white males and males in general. Mm-hmm. Do you think men feel like they're being, uh, let's say, in universities? Most university students are women. Do you think men feel threatened by that at all? Totally. With, with the rise of women becoming obviously more educated and becoming uh, uh, starting to become, be in more prominent positions of power in corporations and stuff. Totally. I think uh, in universities, that's sort of where you're actually seeing a lot of these guys become sort of falling under these traps and going yeah. uh, swinging to the far right is because they are sort of being just dis- their uh, viewpoints are being dismissed as the white male. They say how there's with the like, huge rise in this sort of, I, I don't want to use the term identity politics, but yeah. what, whatever you want to call it, with that huge rise is that people will instantly dismiss uh, the white, a white male's opinion. And now, let's face it, as a white male, we've had our opinion probably over-listened to for countless years, and we've had this countless influence. But at the same time, it's sort of a, a sins of the father type situation is what a lot of guys feel, is that they're in university, they look at their status compared to someone who's a person of color or, or a woman or something, and they look at it and go, we're in the same place, right? Mm-hmm. We have the same effective status, we're a university student, we're here, and yet I'm under attack. And I think, and it's a sort of exclu- exclusionary under attack, like, oh, you're a white male, unless you're willing to flagellate yourself and all that sort of stuff, then 
your opinion doesn't really matter. And so I definitely think that's like contributing to the isolation and uh, why there's sort of this rise because Mm -hmm. the outlets that most people have had in the past aren't available there. Right. And I guess with the, I mean, a lot of the attacks seem to be people in our demographic too. Everyone who's early twenties. Totally. So perhaps it does start at university where they start feeling that. Yeah. Well, I think it starts there and then you enter the real life. And that's a huge turmoil period where things can go wrong very quickly. Very quickly, and, sure. And I think that's when you see the radicalization happen. Right. Uh, I read recently, I think it was at University of Calgary, somewhere like that, uh, where the uh, professor introduced uh, men's rights classes or men's... I don't know how to explain it, but it was basically like men's rights classes. That has There's women uh, women's rights classes. Do you think that would help at all i think it matters what angle it comes from right um yeah yeah. because i think a lot of the issues right now is that it's sort of a swing and a miss with these men's groups is that they're getting all these guys together but they're still blaming the other now if it's a focus of just men trying to help out men without being like exclusionary and being like oh white men need to be at the top that's i think where we can hit that successful zone yeah, I think I, I was talking to a friend recently who is uh, a girl and all that stuff, and just uh, somehow this topic was popping up, and um, she's like, "Oh, why don't like you see the, all these women's groups that are like um, like women rising up, women like, for example, like in there's the women who code groups or women business leaders," and I flat out said, "I'm like, and how would that appear if men created their men's only men who code group or?" Yeah men's business leaders there'd be a backlash right so i i think that's one of the issues that is would with this men's rights thing is that and what could cause this could actually you know, someone's backfire is that you could see this backlash like where people would frown upon the guys that do go into these organizations and be like oh you're just trying to become the oppressors again and so yeah i i wasn't really talking about necessarily men's men's groups uh but men's rights classes. Okay. So like in the academic setting, what do you think about that? Like there's women's rights classes versus men's rights classes. Do you think that's a good thing or? I'm not sure. Actually, I think I, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure how much I would know about what they would be teaching. Do you know like any of like the curriculum type things? Uh, no, it was very brief. So I only, I only read a okay. the brief bit of it, but uh, I thought it was kind of an interesting angle of looking at things. And I really don't know how to, uh, I honestly don't really have much of an opinion on it. I thought it was c- kind of interesting. I spoke to one of my friends and she said, well, that would be like a history class in a way, <laughs> which is like not inaccurate no. by any means. I guess maybe, I think the class was more about men's actions perhaps and helping uh, feminist movements or women's rights movements. But, okay. And what and what men can, what, yeah, that's what it was. And it was men's role in helping, helping uh, that movement. And that's kind of why I think I asked the uh, what are yeah. women's roles perhaps in these men who feel inadequate. Yeah. No, he for she, she for he. You know he, what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally get that. <laughs> and I, I just don't think we're... I think there's not enough grassroots and to bring in the uh, to bring in women to help men right now. Right. A lot of, uh, I think, the... Um, once again with like a lot of the women that are into this sort of like the gender equality and all these roles are coming up from uh the women like uh the unequal perspective uh, from the woman's perspective 
And I think um, with a lot of these guys is that they see them as the enemy right now. Right. So until we see a switch um, and sort of see the grassroots organizations, once those are sort of developed, then women coming in will be a huge benefit. Okay. Do you think male body image is affecting a lot of these guys' self-esteem? Just like few years ago and still today of course um, women's body images were affecting women's perspectives on how they should look at all yeah i i, I think that that would be actually a factor uh, we're sort of the first time ever that guys like you start seeing now uh watching hockey you start seeing uh who is the, who's the guy that played dr house dr house yeah um uh is hugh laurie is that his name? i think i think so yeah yeah i think so I remember seeing him with this anti-eye, like, makeup, anti-aging like aging eye makeup on, on okay. hockey. So, like, you're, you are seeing sort of guys question their body image more than ever before, and that's a source of sort of insecurity. You see guys hitting the gym more and yeah, of course. all that sort of stuff. So I definitely think that plays into it. And then with a lot of guys, uh, like, a lot of their images determined on around things that they can't control, such as height and all that. Yeah. And so then you sort of see this uh lash out and you sort of see that with the internet's character uh caricature of uh chad the yeah oh the, the yeah, tall in shape guy and like you can clearly see the body and like you clearly see the body issues that a lot of men have sort of projected into this so-called chad right yeah what was it it was chad's and stacy's after the yeah uh, characterizing the two genders to be the typical people who can find partners, I guess. Yeah, I think the the Chad is the tall in shape extrovert who's good with people. Basically, you. <laughs> I don't know how good with I am with people, but I'm, <laughs> I'm tall. Um, and then you have the Stacys, who are the the I guess it's the this weird uh, girls that claim to be uh, very pure and all that, but then their actions are different, and so they project like. Oh. I think that's the projection of the Stacy of the girl who's like, oh, like I only do this for my boyfriend, right? Unless so, a so-called Chad appears, okay. And so that's where these guys are like, it's a girl rejecting them, who's the Stacy, until this Chad comes and the guy's like, hey, you said you wouldn't do this with me, why are you doing it with this Chad? Right. Yeah, and there's nothing, of course, uh, wrong with hitting the gym and and making your totally to not make uh, yourself look better. Uh, I go to the gym all the time. Sure, of course. Yeah, same here. It's and a very great outlet, actually. Yeah, exactly, and it actually probably is what might help some people with angst. But um, the I guess the uh, where it starts to become concerning is I I recently saw a documentary uh, about steroid use in the UK, and people estimate that. It was one in 30 men in the UK used steroids, which is a crazy statistic. And you have to, I mean, there's going to be some major backlash with that. Roid rage, perhaps, hormone imbalances, and of course, even possible death as your organs shut down. So you have to wonder what direction things are going to be taking in the future. Yeah, I guess that's sort of the, a lot of people are showing like the like rise in this gym culture is sort of guys trying to cling to this masculinity, masculine identity that men are the like the physically dominant and trying to so they're not seeing the success that they might have seen elsewhere in their life where they're trying to just prove that they are this the like a, a manly man. And so you see this rise and 
the problem is that it's it's a very imbalanced perspective and so you see all these guys and like and the male body issues like that for countless time women have talked about anorexia and like hollywood and models right and then you see guys in hollywood like christian bale i think went from the machinist where he was like a buck ten to then <laughs> this jacked batman in like the course of eight months and yeah. so like clearly there is there is something going on there and like you can have personal trainers and good diet, but that's only going to take you so far. And yeah. so guys have these, they see the, the athletes, they see the Hollywood and all that sort of stuff. And they're attracted they, to it. Oh yeah. The, these are the guys that are getting the glory. They're getting the girls they are in great shape and they're not and like with the steroids thing is they're extremely common. And so like it's yeah. seen as like these guys have these body images cause they're hitting the gym. They might be eating right. And they're nowhere near obtaining what, these guys are looking like yeah and no one's being honest about it yeah no, everyone's being oh we we play clean or anti this and yeah. probably they aren't yeah exactly uh and i believe there was actually a new term sorry new word uh that was in the dictionary a few years ago uh bigorexia bigorexia okay yeah so Where you look in the mirror and you don't think you're big enough yeah exactly it's almost the opposite for guys yeah so. I definitely say like even I when I look in the mirror I'm like I could use some more muscle. It's like I look, like look at that I'm like well my arms are a bit skinny compared to the rest of my body like maybe I should be working on that more at the gym and all yeah. that and there's not really you're never really content. Yeah. So I guess it's a I guess it's a mix uh, just like with a lot of things external and internal with a lot of these guys they just do not see themselves matching up in any way possible to being able to be seen as attractive partners. So, who knows what's going to happen, man? Yeah, no, it's... We're a crazy gender, huh? <laughs> I think it's, yeah, it's the first time uh, a lot of the other, like, uh, with women and with all that, there's sort of these support structures were built in place when 50 years ago they didn't really have the same opportunities that guys did, so they were much better at supporting each other and all that, and I think uh, we're just really far behind on the game, and we're going to see a lot of negative actions because of it. Right. Do you think these negative actions are going to start increasing more? You're going to start seeing uh, who was the guy in California, Elliot Roger. That's the one. Yeah, like more of those guys, more of the guy in Toronto, and I'm blanking on his name too. Alex Manassian. Manassian. Yeah. Yeah. You think you're going to see more of those characters or less now? I well, I think we're going to see more. I don't know if they'll self-proclaim themselves as incels, but I think you'll totally see a lot more of them. Right. Um, I don't know if how many more attacks you'll see, but you'll see a lot more people sort of subscribe to this belief. Even before the rise of incels, I don't know who the... Remember the uh, shooter in the Quebec women's only school? Yeah. It, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Right? That was... And but... you could sort of classify him as sort of that, if he were around today, he would probably self-identify himself as this incel. So I think you it's something that's always been there, but I think you'll see a lot more people fall under that banner now. Right. Yeah, it was kind of a good thing that uh, that cop didn't shoot the guy in Toronto, though, because then he would be seen as like a martyr, right? 100%. So, uh, you got to give mad props to the cop there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you see him uh, even turn down the siren so he could talk to the guy? No, I missed that. Oh, when he was like uh, trying, the guy was trying to pretend his uh, cell phone was a gun. Right, I, and, I did see that, yeah. And uh, the cop couldn't hear him, so the cop walks into his uh, squad car and then turns off the siren so he can go oh, back Oh, that's up what he's doing? Yeah. Okay, because I did see that. Yeah, I didn't know that's what he was doing when he went back into his car, but interesting. <laughs> interesting so, tactic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to have the, like, just calmness just to think of that, like, yeah, I give props to that cop. Definitely. 
All right. I don't know if I have anything else to ask you. Is there anything else that I might have missed that you want to touch upon at all that uh, you hmm. had thought of? No, I think that should be good. All right. Well, Sam, thanks for joining me on the Markson Podcast, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, that's the end of this episode. Please let us know what you might think. Uh, comment, rate, share, subscribe, like, all that stuff that helps me out. Uh, and in the meantime, we are out of here. Thanks a lot.